what's good people it's jay cactus and we're back again with episode five of cactus combos today i've got a very special guest with me he's a sick producer uh, an incredible producer actually he's been killing it on youtube growing a huge fan base on there and this is probably the most requested podcast as well when i started the podcast i asked everyone who i should get on and about 90 percent of the people said ocean so ocean what's good my bro hey man what's good man i'm good how you doing yeah, I'm, I'm all good. I'm all good. Staying busy, just trying to keep my, my head up through lockdown, through these boring times. Yeah, man. So you're the that's, same, that's right? That's the way. Definitely, yeah. man. Definitely. Thanks for having me on, though, man. It's good to it's good to be here. Yeah, honestly, I appreciate you coming on. When I just said that then about most people asking for you, that was no lie. When I started the <laughs> podcast, I just put up a post just to see what or who people would want on. Mm -hmm. And literally about 90% of people said ocean, ocean. I don't know if you were getting tagged by people or you saw me tagging crazy, you or whatever, man. but <laughs> how does that uh, feel sick. knowing that you've got such a sick fan base out there, such a loyal fan base? No, man, it's, re it's really good. You know what? Sometimes I forget because I'm just stuck in, I'm literally stuck in this room. I was actually thinking about this yeah. the other day. I was sitting here and I was like, I wonder how much hours I just spend in this room in a week. Because I never leave. I, unless I'm going Tesco, I'm yeah. going gym where I'm not even going anymore because it's lockdown. Yeah. I'm just stuck in this room. So I forget sometimes that the people are actually watch my videos. Or it seems like, crazy, doesn't it? When you just, you're just looking at the same four walls all the time. You forget about everyone yeah, else out there. Literally, it's like I'm in my own bubble. I put a video out, then I'm onto the next thing and I just fully forget about it, not realizing oh wait, like people are watching these videos and yeah. it's actually making some of it somewhat of an impact. So that's cool. And it's not just 10 people watching it either. It's like thousands and thousands of people watching it, which is a yeah, crazy man. thing, really. It's crazy. <laughs> Did you imagine it getting to this level when you first started the YouTube channel? Did you always have that end goal in mind? Or were you just putting content out and just seeing where it took you? It's kind, it's kind of like a yes or no. No, because like for a long time, I was just putting out video upon video and nothing was happening and I was just, I wasn't attached to the numbers or anything. It was just like, all right, let's put this one out, next one, put this one out, next one. Yeah. But then at the same time, when I sat down and really processed like what am I actually doing? I always thought like one day can become something. One day, you just have to keep going. One day it's gonna get loads of views or right. maybe not millions, but you know, thousands and people watch. But whilst, whilst I was in that moment, no, I was just thinking to keep on putting out content. Yeah. I think you started the channel, is it maybe four years ago? I started, so my first video was April 2017. So that's what, like three years ago, but I didn't take it seriously until later on in that year. So let's say like October, November time. So yeah, there's been like three or four years now so far. It's crazy. I actually went back to your first videos. I think I've seen them before, but I thought I'll, I'll go check and see how Ocean started. And yeah, I think the first ever video that I, that I saw on your channel was, it's literally just you at, at a desk, isn't it? I don't think there's any yeah. screen recording. It's nah. just, I don't know what camera you were using, but everything was just like, okay, this is yeah, just like it was, a standard it was, video, isn't it? It was rough, man. <laughs> I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was just, you can hear like the, the bad audio coming from from the speakers straight into the camera. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a madness. Uh, it, it's it's a rough one. It's quite inspiring to see though. I'm sure it is for other people as well that might not have the equipment and they might think that they need to buy everything straight away to get a YouTube mm -hmm. channel started. But really it's not the case. You can do a lot with your phone. I think even Simon Savita films yeah. everything with his iPhone, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he, he might not even have an iPhone. He has like an Android or something and he just films everything through that. 
Really? So you really don't, you don't really need, obviously it's nice and makes things easier, but it shouldn't be the thing that holds you back. You know, it doesn't, at the end of the day, it's kind of just the quality of, yeah. of the content that really matters. Yeah, 100%. I agree. But yo, let's let's start way back from the beginning, from from a young ocean. Talk to me about how you even got into music. I know mm. you probably told the story a few times, but just for anyone that doesn't know. Mm-hmm. All right, so I really I could say that I really started music when I was like fourteen, fifteen. I was yeah. really I'm a person that likes all kinds of music. So I know that sounds cliche, but literally, like when I was fourteen, I was listening to like soul music, rare grooves from the seventies. Mm. And then, uh, oh man, like I'm a big UK Garage fan as well. So I was like bumping that hard. Yeah. And then I would like punk rock and just really random genres. And I used to play, I remember I was like 14, I joined like a punk rock band and tried to like teach myself guitar. Yeah. And then I switched and played in a soul band and taught myself bass guitar. And I was really into that. That, that was my whole life until one day, I was about 16 and... My my dad's like, all right, you can't really do this music thing. It's not really <laughs> like a proper thing. You need to focus on your school, like you're dipping. Yeah. And obviously I was crushed as well, but I was like, you know what? He's probably right. I, I don't know <laughs> if this music thing is really going to go anywhere. So let's just focus. And honestly, like I became a nerd. Like I was just super into school. Yeah. Just like studying hard and all that kind of thing. And then um, I applied to go to university. Uh, what do you call it? 18. So the end of sixth form. Right. I didn't get in the first year, so I was forced to take a gap year. Um, and during that gap year, I kind of got involved with, you know what, during that gap year, I was just lost in it. I didn't know what to do. It wasn't right. looking likely that I was even going to get into uni a second time. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about coming. that, man. Yeah, delivery. So you were saying that you were, um, you had a, a gap year. You didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, you didn't know if yeah. you were going to get into uni. Yeah, so... During that gap year, I applied to uni again, didn't get, uh, it wasn't looking likely that I was going to get in. And I was just working these like odd jobs. I probably had about five or six jobs during that whole year. I was just yeah. lost. What I were you trying keep... to get into, by the way? I was so trying to study medicine. In. No, it's calm. I was, I was trying to study medicine and um, to become a doctor, mm. which is crazy okay. to think now because I don't think I could ever do it. But I was, <laughs> I, I, that's what I really wanted to do back then. And mm. um, yeah, so during that gap year, I was working in like phone shops. I was working as like an assistant teacher. I was just doing everything just to get by and I couldn't hold down a job. And I kind of knew that, you know, maybe I need to be more of an entrepreneur and like start a business. And that's when I started like researching how to do online business, how to make money online. I went down this crazy loophole of just like reading loads of blogs and how to do it. And so when it come round to, let's say, September of that year where I'm I meant to be going to university. I kind of, to- I just told everyone, you know, I'm going to Thailand. I'm going to do a quick backpacking trip. Yeah. I'll be back in like two, three weeks. But I, I booked a one way ticket. I didn't tell anyone. And I just knew I was never coming back. <laughs> you had no intentions of coming back. Did nah, you? Like, I'm, I'm out of here. I was, I just literally left to Thailand, packed all my shit. Um, and I kind of just figured out how to do online business. Cause at the time as well, um, let's say this is like 2014, um, there was a huge community of entrepreneurs in Thailand for some reason. Really? They were all working online. There was like this this hub, this place. Imagine like this place. Um, yeah. Almost like an office space, but loads of desks. And it's, I mean, honestly, it was like almost like a youth club a bit. Right. And, um, but for entrepreneurs. Ev- everyone is just there, all these online entrepreneurs. So we're just like, so we're just talking about business all day. 
you know, how to do Facebook ads, how to do email marketing. Like I was just in this world. How did you even hear world. about that? Because it just seems like that would be, it just seems quite random that you'd go to Thailand to be in this yeah. entrepreneur bubble. How did you even hear about it? This was me just researching online these blogs. And there was a blog at the time. He was just talking about um, how he's running his business from Thailand and how like there's a little community building there, like a little, right. a little group of entrepreneurs. And then when I got there, every month it just got bigger and bigger and bigger as I was there. So yeah, um, I kind of got involved in that world. I went to Thailand dead broke. I kind of just had to figure out some shit. Yeah. Um, let's say six months down the line, I finally stumbled across something that made me a bit of money. And that kind of allowed me to, to just travel for a while, earn money online and travel. And I did that right. for about, we could say about three or four years. And I, um, but during that time as well, I'm a guy who kind of just gets obsessed about things. Like I might stumble across something and just kind of throw myself into it. Yeah. So I started getting into martial arts as well. And, um, let's say two so years it's into a perfect journey, place to be over there. Was it, was it Muay Thai? Yeah. Muay, Muay, they, they got Muay Thai. They got, there's this, there's this, um, there's this place called Phuket and yeah. there's a road of just MMA gyms, Muay Thai gyms. It's like utopia for fighters. You never have to leave this road. They got That's crazy. healthy nutrition, clothing. You basically, it's just for fighters to come train and not have to worry about any anything. Like everything is yeah. there for them. So um, let's say about two or three years into that journey of just traveling, I decided to move to that road in right. Phuket. And I joined a MMA gym and I was training every day, twice a day, just jujitsu every single day. But during this time as well, because I'm training like twice a day, I have a lot of time to just recover. Yeah. I, I just had a lot of dead time. And that's when I started getting back into music again. I started listening to um, a lot of UK music. It started to just have some sort of a resurgence. Right. Um, this was about the time where I don't know if you remember like Chip and Bugsy Malone had the beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every every diss track was just going viral every time they put out put out That's something right. new. I remember that. So, um, so yeah, I just started getting back into music again, and I decided to download Logic. Um, started messing around with it in my in my spare time when I wasn't training, and then the yeah. year it it was about January two thousand and sixteen, and I said to myself, "All right, New Year's resolution, I want to practice every day for three days." Um, and kind of just threw myself into it. Yeah, so Jan January 2016, I set myself the New Year's resolution of making beats every day. Um, I honestly just calculated it like it takes 10,000 years to master, sorry, 10,000 hours to master a craft, right? Right. So I thought if I divide this by three hours every day, it's probably going to take me, if I remember the maths, it was maybe like nine and a half or 10 years, something like that. So I thought, yeah. This is one thing that I actually think I could do for 10 years and not get bored of. Whereas everything else I've kind of started, stopped, loved it for a moment, but then moved on to something else. Yeah, yeah. But this music thing, I actually really enjoy it. So let me let me give it a go. And for that... that what do you think it was? Do you think it was the creativity or just just the love for music? I think it was the love for music, honestly. Like I, I always loved music and... Yeah. I just always had a curios curiosity to see how it was made. And right. I don't know, the possibilities when I got Logic was just, 
you know, you could create so many different things. It was, I don't know. I just, I just really loved the process of doing it as well. So yeah, that's, that's when I kind of just decided, yeah, I'm going to throw myself into this. Right. That's crazy then. So you didn't try anything else like FL? Was it just logic straight away? No, because at the time there wasn't um, a stable version of FL on the Mac and I was using a Mac. Ah, okay. So I just downloaded logic and went straight for that. Yeah. I just start going through there. Yeah. Do you think that's helped you in the long run with the YouTube channel? Because there's not a lot of people doing logic tutorials or at least that I've found anyway, it seems mm -hmm. like everyone's doing FL studio tutorials. So do you think that's been just one of the keys to success being just kind of filling that pocket of being the logic guy in a way? Yeah, I think, I think so for sure. As you said, like there's not really, there are logic guys, but lo most of the logic guys do EDM or more like electronic, uh, like house or techno or whatever. Yeah. But there's only maybe a few of us who do logic and hip hop. So right. I think it's definitely almost like a niche kind of kind of thing which is which has helped. I guess yeah, I've definitely. become like one of the the go-tos for for logic. There there are more people popping up like shout out RMC he's doing his thing with logic. Yeah. Um I'm sure there's like a few others that I can't remember but yeah, I think it's definitely helped. Yeah, it must help a bit. So when you started, were you just doing, was it always hip hop that you were making? Or were you experiencing other genres, like trying different things? Or was it just always hip hop? Um, it was, it was mainly hip hop. It was mainly like trap, dabbled in a few grime, dabbled yeah. in a few R&B. I even tried a few garage tracks. Um, but most of it was just hip hop because that's, that's, that's something that I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be a hip hop producer. I wasn't trying to do like EDM or anything like that. Like, no offense to those guys. Those guys are sick yeah, at what yeah. they do, but it's just something that I never really, I, know, I don't listen to EDM. So I thought there's no right. point in me even trying that. Let's just like stick to the hip hop. and get Tell you what, in. EDM producers are some of the best sound designers ever. Yeah. I've always found that when, when someone makes an EDM track, they spend, they can spend weeks on one track designing 100%. every sound from scratch. They even in their community, from what I've heard, they'll even kind of judge each other if they're using presets. You yeah. know, like we 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 don't care in hip hop. We'll take any samples. We'll do anything with it and make a beat yeah. in ten minutes. But in in the EDM world, it's it's meant to be quite strict. Like yeah, yeah it's you have crazy. To design like, everything. If you ever see their project file as well, they got tracks upon tracks upon tracks. Like for me, when yeah. I'm making a trap beat, I probably never pass like 15, 20 tracks. Yeah. These guys have got like hundreds of tracks, a track for just one sound that comes in at a, sp a specific moment and never comes in again. Like it's just yeah. so unique. It's crazy how they produce, man. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. Because to me, if I was doing something like that and spending so long on that one track, I'd hate that track by the time it's finished. I'm oh, sure yeah. you get the same when you've heard your same beat. Even if you're making a beat for an hour or two, you end up almost not liking it by the end of it because you've heard it so many times. So, yeah, definitely. Man, I, I don't know how them guys feel. <laughs> yeah man so when you started the youtube channel mm -hmm. um was that just another form of content that you wanted to put out and see where it went were you trying other things as well or was it just like no oh, do you know what I, to make it I, I need to be i need to be known on youtube was that the main goal or were you just trying things honestly i got to a point where it's like all right i've made a lot of beats but i'm just not doing nothing with them they're just sitting there right. and Honest, and as well, like my brother was huge into YouTube. He used to watch not even just music YouTubers, but YouTuber YouTubers like Fousey Tube and Roman Atwood yeah. and those kind of people. And 
He was the first person to tell me about like internet money and Taz Taylor. He's like, bro, Taz Taylor really? does vlogs. He's making so much money selling beats and selling kits and like, you should do this. And in the beginning, I was like, nah, I'm not trying to do that. Like, I'm not a camera. I'm not trying to be in front of the camera, yeah. trying to be behind the scenes. And then like, no, nah, like you should do it. You should do it. I, was, I, I took it on board, but I never, you know, like and it didn't hit hard enough for me to do it. But yeah. then I saw Pat Ryan pop up. He done a video. Um, in fact, he was probably like the first logic guy. Right. What one of the first in that this new resurgence, I guess, of beat makers on YouTube to put out a video. And he was literally just not even a screen recording, just making a beat layer by layer. Okay. And it popped off and it got like a million views, maybe more than a million views. And yeah, me and my bro- my brother showed that to me and I was just like, you know what? That's actually quite sick. I'm sure I could do something like that. Again, yeah. didn't really register enough for me to take action. But then I saw Sharp pop up and he was like uploading a video every single day, just doing random stuff, random um, producer challenge videos. So like making a beat at a thousand BPM, making a beat on the slowest BPM, all these like really yeah, silly yeah. stuff, but it made for really cool content. And he was growing really, really fast as well. And I think when I saw like Pat Ryan, Sharp, Aries, Ramzoid, shout out them guys, pop up. That's when it kind of hit me. It's like, oh, there's definitely a niche here. Since I'm not doing nothing with my beats, yeah, I might as well try and do something with YouTube and and see what happens. And that's Were you not trying of... to sell beats at the time? Were you not posting them on like SoundClip nah, or BeatStars or anything? And I never post. Maybe this is a silly thing for I, now that I look back on it. I never posted anything. I just kept everything on my hard really? drive. I, I honestly thought that why do you think that was? Do you think it was a, a confidence thing? No, uh, it was more just like, uh, how can I put this? I feel like my first year, I knew everything was shit. Even if it was good, <laughs> I knew yeah. like, it's not the level that it needs to be at. Let me just give myself a year of no judgment, no nothing, just have fun making beats. Right. No end goal. I'm not trying to get a placement here. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just trying to master the, not even master, but just get better at the craft in it. Yeah. So that's why I didn't put anything out for the first year. I suppose um, that that puts no pressure on you in a way, because I see a lot of people that start producing and they get stressed out if they're not making sales in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. But I suppose if you had the mindset that, that you had, it's just, you know what, I'm just going to have fun with this. If something happens, it's cool. But it keeps things not, really fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just definitely. keeps things keeps things fun. It keeps things fresh. Um, at the time, you know, I wasn't really like trying to be the the guy selling beats or anything like that. I just wanted to make beats. That's what I was trying to do. So that's what I guess that's why I never really put anything out. Um, yeah. But as I said, like as time got on and I was making more and more beats, I felt like I needed to do something. I need right. that. The, there needed to be a next step. They can't just be me making beats all day. Like I need to do something on. Yeah. I guess that's why I kind of did YouTube once I saw like the opportunity was there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, when I, what was I going to say just then? I kind of lost my train of thought then. Yeah. So when, when you started the YouTube channel, right. Um, mm-hmm. How long did it take before you started getting some good views? Cause it, it can kind of be, it can kind of be hurtful. You know, when you put in a few pieces of content out and they're not getting the views that you expect, and yeah. then part of you thinks, you know what, this isn't like, I, I know personally when I started it, cause I'm, I'm not a, the type of guy that really likes being in camera. I'm not that confident. I'm not like a, a big open speaker, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it can 
kind of hurt your pride when you put stuff out and it doesn't get views straight away. So yeah, how long? Sure. I'm sure you went um, through the same process, but how long did it take until you started getting those kind of views? Man, it took me a long time. Well, in hindsight, it's probably not a long time, but during those times, it felt like forever, man. Yeah. Honestly, maybe I never started gaining good traction to about a year in. It took me a year and a, a year and a half, maybe just under a year and a half to get 10,000 subscribers. Right. But that, that was a slow grind. And I was uploading con- consistently like three, four times a week, sometimes really? five days a week, sometimes every day. Um, I put out so many, so much videos and... As so I you, so said, you like got like 10,000 in the first year, did you say? It, uh, a bit more, maybe like a year and a half, yeah. just under a year and a half. It's still and, pretty um, solid though. It's still pretty good to get 10K in a year. I honestly thought I was growing so slowly. Like, <laughs> okay, this is this is the worst thing to do and I wouldn't suggest this to anyone, but I would yeah. look at guys like Kyle Beats and Simon Zavida and I'd see them growing like so fast and I'm like, right. damn, that why, am I beat shit? Like, what's going on? How comes I'm not growing? But now I look back and I know, I know that the quality wasn't there, man. Like, right. um, the video, sometimes the audio was messed up or the camera angle was blurry or... Yeah. I just, but at the same time, I just didn't care. I'll just put out anything. Yeah. I was just trying to up... I was just trying to go for quantity, try and drop as many videos, just keep showing in my face, keep showing in my face. That was just a strategy. Right. So of course, like it wasn't going to grow that much because the quality wasn't there. It kind of has to map. There has to be like a a good balance, I guess, between quality and quantity. Of course, yeah. Um, but at the same time, now I look back and see, you know, a year and a and a bit more to get ten thousand subscribers. It's really not that bad. That's actually, you know, that's it is. It is quite growth. good. Not a lot of people can do that, so it is still growth. And mm. that was just you just banging out as much content as possible. Were you focusing on SEO, anything nah. like that? Um, the only SEO I'd say that I focused on was more like I was trying to do more, I guess, tutorial based stuff, people, things that people would search. So how right. to do your drums in Logic Pro X, because it's not as straightforward as FL Studio. You know, like yeah. you have the, the whole sequence in, in FL. There wasn't anything like that in Logic. So right. to, to someone who's just opened up the door, that's the first thing you're going to be questioning. Like, how the hell do I do my drums? I thought, okay, let me put that in there. People are going to be searching that. So I, I guess my content was more searchable at the time yeah um just to play to the search but the i guess that would be like the seo strategy but at the same time it wasn't like i was optimizing for keywords and doing my research and all that kind of stuff it wasn't that deep right yeah when i watch you put in your drums it just seems like a crazy process do you have to add what's the thing that you what's the name of the the plugin where you add your drums yeah So I use this plugin called Ultra Beat. It's a Logic Pro. That's it, yeah. It's a Logic Pro stock stock plugin. But so do you even have to now, open a new one for every layer of drums, like one for high? You don't have one. to. You don't have to, but that's oh, okay. my preference because I like to mix every individual one on tracks. Right. Rather than just having it all in one track. But now actually Logic does have a sequencer. I'm oh, just like it? I'm just too stuck in my ways to change, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I like using the the Ultra Beat now. Yeah, I suppose it's what you're used to. If you've used it so many times, anything else just seems a bit alien and you don't want to have to yeah. learn a new thing in a way. If you've already like I'm not, just... not going to lie that new sequencer is, is easy to use, but... Is it more bothered. like FL, the new sequencer? Is it Yeah, it's very, it's very similar. It's got that kind of, you know, the blocks. And yeah, you click yeah, yeah. the blocks and then you got... So it's very visual in that way as well, which is good. Yeah, and then I'm guessing you can just route them to separate mixer channels and just I think edit everything so, yeah. separately. Yeah. yeah. 
you, you yeah, use lo- um, FL, right? FL, yeah. I've never really okay. tried anything else. I think I tried, I think I tried Ableton once, like years mm-hmm. ago. But I used it for vocals. Because when mm-hmm. I started, I started off as a as a rapper, and I was used. So okay. I used Q Cubase. I don't know if you've ever used Cubase. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's like it seems old school now, Cubase. But I yeah. used that because that's what the guy, at the studio that I was going to, was using. So sometimes if I recorded at home, I'd, I'd try that. And then mm-hmm. I tried Ableton once just because a lot of people were using it in college. So I just tried it out. Mm-hmm. And then the only other thing that I tried was Reason. Have you ever tried mm-hmm. Reason? I've never, never touched it, no. Yeah. Everything else just looked so strange compared to FL. FL just looked, it looked more friendly. It looked like it yeah. was more welcoming. I could just clicking my drums and it just made things easy mm-hmm. so yeah i just mm-hmm. rolled with fl never looked back <laughs> yeah no i feel you on that one yeah a lot of people have this argument and they say ableton's better than fl and fl's better than ableton or you get a better sound from each one but i, I don't think that's true i think it's just how you use the tool i think they all create the same sound i think i actually yeah. saw decap do a video about it and he was comparing FL to Ableton and like exporting certain things and running tests. And they literally just sound the same. There's nothing that changes. It's mm-hmm. just how you use them. Yeah, I guess it's just your preference of of workflow and how you like to do things. And the one yeah. that you're just most used to in the end. Because I mean, as long as you get your workflow down, then it it really doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. But maybe so, back in the days, like FL... Um, the drums maybe hit a bit harder than the drums in Logic. But I think now, like, if you know how to put certain plugins right. in Logic on your drums, then you can get it to the same level. So them out. Yeah, exactly. It's just how you use it, isn't it? Mm. So going back to YouTube, um, mm-hmm. when you started noticing more views and more subscribers, had you changed anything? Had you changed the way you were recorded in, uh, recording the angles maybe or the thumbnails, the tags? Yeah. So, I, okay. So I want to say I started growing faster from the end of 2018. So the beginning of 2019. And right. that's when I got a new camera. So my camera quality was a lot better. Um, okay. I was using, in fact, I got a new mic as well. So the, the audio was good. Yeah. And um, changed up my thumbnails as well. So bro, like, I basically just done like a whole channel rehaul and right. things started growing from there. And maybe it is because I did increase my quality, but at the same time, maybe it's just because I'm a year into it now. I've got a yeah. bunch of videos sitting there for people to enjoy and I'm just being consistent. So it's hard right. to tell exactly like why I personally think it's the quality. It makes, it made my videos a lot more watchable, but it might not be at the same time. If you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it could just be accumulation of everything. Like you said, yeah, you, it could have you, just been timing. Exactly. Yeah, you've you've been posting consistently for a long time. You already had some subscribers there anyway, and then once the quality jumps up, it's everything at once. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. So how about right now? Um, do you use anything like SEO tools, or do you nah. use any kind of TubeBuddy, VidIQ? Or you just post. The only thing I use TubeBuddy for is just to see. I don't know if you've got it. But at the top, it will tell you like how many views you got in 48 hours and how many views you got in an hour. Right. Yeah. I just yeah. use that as a baseline metric, almost like a competition in my head. Like, yeah. okay, in the last 48 hours, I got this much. Let's try and beat that, you know, right. next week, let's have X amount. But that's it. Like, I don't use TubeBuddy for any of the keywords or anything like that. Yeah. Um, 
I think in the beginning, if you if you're just starting to upload videos, maybe it does help in mm. terms of getting accurate tags. People say, you know, tags are not that important, but maybe in the beginning it it does help a little bit just so you can get some views from the search. Um, yeah. Because I guess the algorithm won't really give you a, a natural boost when you just start, right? Because not many people yeah. are subscribed. No one's really seen the video. So I guess the only way that they're going to find you is by those it's, keywords. It's just through the, the tags. That's how they're going to figure you out. Yeah. yeah. So um, now, now when when I look at analytics and you see like where your traffic comes from to your videos, most right. of most of um, my traffic is from people seeing my thumbnail on the homepage now. Oh, really? So I need to cater more to that, I guess. So that's why... Like I've made the shift mainly in the last year from maybe instead of how to do your drums in blah, 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 to I made this beat and it sounds amazing. More like click yeah. kind of titles. Yeah, yeah. And you've got the thumbnail there with, with the arrow and your face. Yeah. There's always there's always emotion in your face. And I've, from what I've heard, that can be good for thumbnails. You know, if, you, if you're smiling or you're shocked or you, you, I don't know, I think people are just drawn to some kind of emotion, aren't they? So is that yeah. why you do the thumbnails that you're doing now? Yeah, um, kind of like I've I looked at like a Mr. Beast or someone like that, and he has right. you know those so over exaggerated <laughs> smiles and the big yeah. red stuff. But that that stuff works. Yeah, it definitely helps. So that's why I've kind of like tried to transition into those kind of style thumbnails now. Yeah, I've I've, I've tried it in the past because I think when you start a channel, you try so many different things, don't you? Yeah, until something works. And I've I've tried doing that in the past. I've felt a bit silly when I was doing it or a bit cheesy, but I've done <laughs> like uh, what was the one that I did? It was something about like a fire beat and I've done like a really shocked face. Mm-hmm. But that didn't perform well as as some of the other ones that I've done where it's just maybe I've done like a heady one type beat tutorial and there's just been a picture of heady one on one side and then that's performed a lot better than the shocked face one. But then I don't know mm-hmm. if that's down to the thumbnail, just the content that's in the video. Sometimes it's it's hard to monitor. So I was a bit stuck and yeah. I didn't really know where to go with the thumbnails. But I think once you start uploading f- like like a lot of videos, then I guess you don't want to change it too much because people are used to seeing that thumbnail. I think that was my mindset. Once I started mm-hmm. using one, I was like, if I change it now completely, then people might not recognize it when it's in the home feed so they won't click on it. Yeah, there's definitely an element of that, um, like switching the pattern. It can really throw people off. Yeah. But... I guess at the same time, it's like, you just never know, innit? You just never know until you try stuff. Right. And there's, there's almost like, sometimes I get this where I want to play it safe. So I do something that works. But then yeah. when you keep doing that, you kind of get into this safe routine and nothing really grows. It's when you kind of do something maybe that you're uncomfortable with. That's where things have, have grown quite quite a bit or something has hit like for me yeah. i'll give you an example like i did i did a video with my brother um that's the one that got like two million views but i was very like i didn't really want to put that video out yeah i was editing it i wasn't having fun editing it i was just procrastinating it's like nah i don't want to drop this the audio's shit the dynamics not right yeah. blah 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 is that the one my brother makes a five beat or something yeah. along them lines yeah yeah something like that but then i put it out anyway um and it hit and i you that's just something you can't i couldn't plan i could have yeah. never have known until i just took that chance and so sometimes you just gotta you just gotta have the the guts to just pull it off and if it works amazing if it doesn't 
you just all right move on next one next video yeah. let's keep going I think you're right. I think it is important to take those chances every now and again. You don't have to do it every single video, but like mm-hmm. you said, you can, you can get too comfortable sometimes, can't you? And you do need to take a risk. Yeah, for so, sure. So that's crazy, man. So what, what's that video on now? Like 2 million views past that? Yeah, like over 2 million now. I think it's around 2 million. Congratulations, man. That's, yeah, man I'm man. guessing that's, that's still the biggest video on the channel. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the biggest one. I don't even think I've got another video that's hit a million. Really? So that's the I wonder only what one. it was. Do you think it was just the the creativity? It was something Bruh, different. I, like... I can't tell you. I, I have yeah. no idea because to me that video is so shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't I don't personally like it that much. But that's another thing as well. Like these videos, once I put them out, they're not even for me. They're not about right. me anymore. It's for the people to enjoy. It's for people to learn from or yeah. be inspired by or to whatever. Just take something from it. It's not about yeah. me. So my opinion don't even matter. That's what, that's another reason why it's just like you have to just put everything out. Right. Yeah, I guess you always got to think about the person on the the other end, the person that's actually watching it. Like, is this going to be entertaining? And yeah. maybe that was the case with that video because there's so many tutorials out there which everyone's seen a million times. But then once you do something new, like, all right, my brother's going to step in and make a beat. And is is he a producer? Like, does he usually produce or was that his first nah, time making he's not, a beat? He, so he produced like a... You know, like, as I was saying, like the internet money days when they were online and selling beats and stuff, he tried to do that for maybe like two months. He wasn't that serious. He had his channel, but probably uploaded like two beats and then uh, I'm not not on it anymore. Yeah. So yeah, he was kind of like fresh back, just making a beat for the first time in a long time. Yeah. But he's not a producer or anything. Right. So yeah, maybe it was a combination of, of that. It was just entertaining for people to watch. And sometimes you see videos just riding the algorithm wave like no one knows what the youtube algorithm actually is but nah, bro. You, sometimes you it can that, just get caught in the wave can't it yeah like you know how people say oh like what's the youtube algorithm how do i yeah win on the youtube algorithm what do i need to do bro they're like the youtube algorithm it's not it's not something that you can game or really work you know what i'm trying to say like right I've I've tried to speak to YouTube people who work at YouTube and I'm like what what makes it tick and they're just like the only thing you need to focus on really is just trying to make the best content you can and that's so subjective that it doesn't really give yeah. you much direction but at the same time it's so simple if you just focus on trying to make the best content that you that you that you can do make it yeah. as engaging as possible then that's the, that's just the the only way to win really all these other things outside of that they may work, they might, you know, but not really because you can't yeah. really beat the algorithm like that. All you can do is just make the best content you can. And then exactly. YouTube will push that for you. Yeah. And that's free promotion as well from them. Because if you think about it from YouTube's end, what they're looking for is for people to stay on YouTube as long yeah. as possible so that they can get more ads in there so that businesses can buy ads. So that's the that's like the main thing. If you can get someone to enjoy your video, um i don't know if liking and commenting helps maybe it shows youtube that they're actually enjoying it but say for mm-hmm. example if someone watches to me it, it seems like watch time is very important because if someone watches your video all the way through they must have enjoyed it if they don't yeah. then they just click off after a minute so i think that's the key just creating good content that people are going to enjoy and just yeah, think exactly. about well, would i would i keep watching this you know what i mean like yeah. if i didn't see the video if i was watching it would i get bored or would i keep watching it yeah, exactly. How how long have you been doing YouTube for? Bro, not long at all. Not even a year. Not even okay. a year. Yeah. Um, I'll have to check when I uploaded my first video, but it might have been like 10 months ago. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been quite quick in terms of growth. I didn't really expect it. It was just mm-hmm. one of those things where I, I was working full time before this and I was in that job for five years and I'd always done music on the side, but in the past yeah. I always, I was focused on rapping when I was younger. That was my main thing. I had boys mm-hmm. that produced and I'd tried producing sometimes, but rapping was the main thing. I just always knew that I wanted to do something in music. I just had this yeah. love for music. It was the only thing I wanted to talk about. See, like it was, it was just everything to me. And then it was the same thing that you said, you know, when you said that your your parents were a bit like, now nah, music isn't serious. You need to focus on your career. It was the same story for me when I was growing up, when I was in school, um, college, everyone always said, no, you need to go to uni, you need to get a job, yeah. you need to get a nine to five, you need security, you need a house. Same story, which I think every parent just tells their children that it's, I think yeah. they, they don't like risks. They don't want to see their kids taking risks. They just want to know that the kid's going to be safe. They're earning money, they're fine. So mm-hmm. that was the path that I followed. I got into a job straight after uni, stayed in it for five years, and it was a good job. Um, some people there loved it, that the money was good and everything, but Mm -hmm. it was just really getting to me, the fact that I wasn't doing music and I started seeing people on YouTube and started seeing people making money online. And I always doubted myself before. I always thought, nah, this, it it could never happen to me. These guys are just lucky or whatever. But yeah, it just got to a certain point where I was like, you know what? I just need to take a risk because if I don't do it. I'm going to grow old. I'm going to look back on life and just regret not, not at least trying. So I had money there. Like I was saving up to get a house. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just keep this money there. I'm just going to quit my job. Just go all in. I didn't mm-hmm. even have like a, a big plan or anything. I thought I've just taken a risk. It was kind of a stupid yeah. move, really. Well, not looking back, but at the time, it, people might have thought it was a stupid move. The amount of people that told me to, to stay in my job and, and don't do it. I'm, I'm like making a mistake and all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just I just took the plunge, just left the job and just went all out. So I was just trying everything at the start. I was trying them Instagram videos, you know, where you're just kind of making a beat and you playing yeah. the beat, but you're just smashing the drum pads. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. sure we've all done them, right? Every producer's yeah, done that. So yeah, I was trying that. I was just trying all social media platforms. Um, it took me a little bit longer to get on YouTube because I think it was a confidence thing. Like I said earlier, I'm not really the type of guy that likes speaking on camera. I don't mm-hmm. like showing my face all the time, um, but I was just seeing, I'm from doing research, I was just seeing how important content is now and how important it is to actually get your face in there because mm-hmm. producers for a long time were always behind the scenes, weren't they? But I feel like the whole industry shifted now and producers more than ever have to get the face in front of cameras. They have to almost be the artist. Yeah, they're basically than just like the star now. Exactly, yeah. So once I learned that and I was like, you know, I'm just going to have to, have to do it so i just started putting out some youtube videos just once Mm -hmm. a week at the start and then i thought i need to up it a bit so i started doing two a week and then the subscribers were coming in like quite quick compared to what my actual beat channel was doing because i had i have a tight beat channel as well where i just do Mm -hmm. obviously tight beats um but the tutorial channel was growing at a quicker rate so i thought you know what i'm just gonna focus a bit more on youtube try and get the content a bit better so yeah, yeah. started like I, I got a better camera, a better mic, and everything. Um, and yeah, that was it. Really, I was just putting out consistent content. I was using, I was focusing heavily on SEO at the start because I thought that was the only way. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. I thought people yeah. don't know my channel, so I need to use SEO tools. So I was using TubeBuddy and VidIQ. Um, so I think I think they helped a little bit. So I think, like we said earlier, I think for people starting out. 
you could focus on a bit of SEO. It's not everything. Obviously, the quality of the content mm-hmm. is more important, but people do need to find your video in the first place. So, yeah, I was using SEO tools for a bit. And then one of the videos started popping off and it got like over 100,000 views. And then from that one nice. video, that's when all the subscribers started coming in. And then they started yeah. paying attention to my other videos. Um, but just to give you an example and just to give everyone an example of how SEO can't be everything. So for all of my videos that I was posting at the start, I was doing just like how to do this, like how to make your kicks hit hard. I was just, I was just looking at what people were searching for. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was just like, you know, I just want to switch it up a little bit. Let me just try something different. And then I did, um, I wanted to make like a Japanese influenced drill beat because I love, I love Koto's, you know, like the instrument, the Koto. Um, mm-hmm. I was seeing people on, like I follow this guy on Instagram who just plays the Koto every day and they just, they just sound quite dark and quite sick. So I thought, let me, let me try and make something like this. I'll just turn the camera on. So I made a Japanese influenced drill beat. And then instead of looking at SEO tools, I'm just going to put in the title uh, something like I made a Japanese influence drill beat, just something that people wouldn't search for. And yeah. then that that jumped like 80,000 views, like just quick, like quicker than anything else I jumped up. So that that was another one that helped the video, uh, sorry, the channel. So I think it was them two videos that helped it more than anything. Mm-hmm. But, See, that's, that's ironic that you put all your effort into SEO and so the one yeah. time you don't and that one, you know, goes up. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, you just never know. That's right. I think people can get caught up on trying to hack the algorithm and trying to use all these tools to get more subscribers and get more views, but it all just comes down to quality of content. Mm-hmm. I think when I was you, I think with those tools as well, because no one has access to YouTube's algorithm and data. So these tools, it will say that a certain like word or group of keywords like how to make a beat it will say this is searched a hundred thousand times a month but they don't actually have access to youtube's data to figure that out so what i think they do is some kind of calculation where maybe they see how many videos pop up after that search term and then they calculate something based on the views and the amount of videos because for example at at one point i typed in my own name just to see how many people were searching my name and it said, J Cactus Tutorials, 100,000 people are searching this a month. I'm like, there's no chance. If 100,000 <laughs> 100, people were searching my name a month, I'd be on millions of subscribers right now. So yeah. I, don't, I don't even think the data is 100% accurate. I think they just have their own algorithms and calculations to work out, like maybe an average of, of what people are searching for, if that makes mm, sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I've never really, in the beginning, I used to use um those tools kind of heavily just to like you know when you put in the tags and it gives you su- the suggestions right yeah and yeah. i guess you know what for maybe type beat channels i think that could be useful when you run out of ideas of what else could you name this kind of type beat it might give you like some more combinations and stuff right but um yeah i, I just yeah I don't, I don't really know like how how key that is yeah for channels to to grow Right. Do you have a type beat channel? Have you ever tried that? No, um, I did start doing type beats on that channel. Um, just, just throwing them up amongst my tutorials and my normal videos for a while. Yeah. But, um, it didn't make sense for me because no one would, most people who are watching my videos were producers and they're not going to buy beats. Right. And so it was just, there, there was no point basically. Yeah, I wasn't speaking to rappers, so I'm not gonna bother trying like 
keep pushing this. Yeah. I guess it's hard because it is two different businesses, really. Like doing the tutorials yeah. is focused on producers and then doing beats and type beats is focusing on rappers. So yeah, if you yeah. try Speaking and balance the two, two different people. Exactly, yeah. So it can kind of it can get a lot when you're trying to manage both sides. Because a lot of a lot of people say, you know, when you try to be the, the jack of all trades in a way, you kind of fail at everything. But if you just focus on one thing that you know is going well, then that's going to grow at a much quicker rate if you're putting all of your energy into one thing. Mm. Do you still still uh, do the type beat channel and sell beats? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, the beat channel isn't growing as quick as the tutorial channel. It's still quite slow. I'm just about to hit my first thousand on the beat channel, which is mm-hmm. is is slow, man um so i was always trying to figure out how to grow that channel as well so i was listening to producer grind podcast trying to listen to like ant chamberlain um Mm. like tnt them kind of man and what i heard from them was they they all say the same thing i've heard like five different youtubers say the same thing with type beat channels and they all say stick to one lane so don't be doing like loads of different genres like pop one day and then Mm. edm and then hip-hop you know what i mean so stick to one lane and stick to one artist or two artists max. So instead of doing like um, like Drake type beat one day and then Jay-Z type beat the other day and then like uh, Migos type beat the next day, just stick to, to one artist. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they, they, they've all said the same thing and they all say that once you put up every single video with the, the same tags and the same title um, and like the same artist, everything, then after a while, like YouTube kind of, picks up your channel as the go-to channel for that keyword, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been trying that. I thought I'll just test it because I always want to test things out myself just to see if it works before mm-hmm. I start preaching it. So I was looking for an artist that maybe people were searching for, but there wasn't loads of competition. Yeah. And at the time, my tutorial channel was was doing well with drill tutorials. And obviously, drill was just popping off anyway. So I thought, all right, let me just... For, for a little bit, I'll stick to one lane. I'll just upload drill beats. I'll still produce other genres, but I'll just upload my drill beats and I'll find mm-hmm. an artist. So I started doing Dutchavelli type beats because I think he put out, it was either Shirley or another track. I don't know if you know the one, but it, it took off. It got like, it was getting millions Probably, of well, views his, pretty quick. His first one. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. one that was that was taken off. So I thought, right, I'll go with him because I, I had a feeling that he was going to be up next in the UK. I'll just roll with him for a bit. Maybe not everyone's searching for him right now, but the more that he grows, more people will be searching for him. And hopefully mm-hmm. not everyone was doing those type of beats. So that's why I picked him. Um, and to be fair, like since I've stuck to that, since I've just been uploading Dutch Avelli type beats, and my schedule is every other day at 7 p.m. I'll upload mm-hmm. a beat. So I'm not doing every day. But yeah, every other day at 7 p.m. I'll do that. So Dutch Avelli type beat, the same kind of description, the same tags, everything. And it has been growing a lot quicker than what it was. But I don't know if that's because people are finding me on the tutorial channel and then going to that or if it's the keywords mm. or what. So yeah, I just that's don't know. It's, it's yeah. hard to figure out. So I'm not really sure which direction to take with it because I don't like being stuck in a box where I'm just the drill beat guy because mm-hmm. I'm, I make a lot of like boom bat beats, trap beats, and mm-hmm. I feel like they're just going to waste because I, I'm not uploading them to the channel. I'm just focusing on drill and you, you get stuck in a box in a way, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the the like the give and take when you do specialise and become that that one that that go to person for a particular sound. Yeah, yeah. 
You've got. I feel like you've got a good balance on your channel though, because you'll do dual beats one day, then trap. You've done Afro beats. I feel like you've got a good variety. Yeah, I, I think um, that's just who I am in it. Like I like to be versatile. One like today. I don't know, I might be in more of a trap mood, but tomorrow I might wake up and I'm like, you know what, I'm really inspired by reggaeton. I just want to make reggaeton beats today and yeah. I'll do that. And, you know, it might, pe- might piss people off. It might not. I don't really care at this point. Like, I just like <laughs> to do what I feel like doing. And it, it's funny as well, though, because, like, I don't know if you get this, but I get this a lot. Like, I put up a jewel beat right. and then in the comments would be like, oh, stop making jewel beats, try something new, you always <laughs> make jewel beats. Yeah. Then the next video, I'll do something. I'll do trap, and it's like, oh, do another drill beat, man. Like, why are you not doing drill? It's like you can never satisfy everyone, innit? No, you can't please everyone. I've definitely seen something like that. Like every now and again, I'll, I'll try something new, and you do get mm. them people that that just like to watch your content. They just enjoy you as a person, and they'll watch whatever you put out. But then you do get the other people that are just there for one reason. Maybe they just want to learn about drill yeah. beats, and then when you upload a trap one or a, like UK rap one, they're not interested. So. It is hard to get that balance and to please everyone. But I feel yeah. like with, with your channel, you've probably grown it to a point where people just like your content regardless, the way that you edit the videos you've done. I feel like you've definitely got a good balance of vlogging and making beats in a way. You know, the way you do your introductions and maybe the shots mm. of you pouring a coffee or just walking into the studio with the guitar. So I feel like maybe people just like watching your content because of you and that's the you That's are. the goal. I think when it comes to the YouTube uh, the longevity is is when people come for you and not just the content you make, if that makes sense, like right. the topic that you talk about. Like if they come to you, then you can be on YouTube and you can pivot in so many different ways and still do well. Like I, if you look at Logan Paul, he mm. started with just like being silly and being goofy, then to going into boxing, then going into podcasting. But he still had right. this huge fan base follow him on that entire journey. And that's how like he's still relevant to today. Yeah, and I think that's that. That's something I aspire to do with my channel. Like, I'm always going to do music. I'm always going to be making beats and and songs and this kind of stuff. But maybe one day, I just want to talk about. I don't know. I just bought a puppy. Let's talk <laughs> about my puppy for ten minutes, and people yeah. still be interested. Yeah, that's like the kind of the the goal that I want to get to, and also that's how I consume YouTube as well. Like. Right. I, I do watch a lot of fitness YouTubers. And in the beginning, I was watching fitness YouTubers just because I really enjoyed their content, not necessarily because they were going gym and they yeah. were teaching me how to do a bench press or, you know, these these things. Um, I was just enjoying like their drone shots and how they speak to their audience. Right. Um, but now, like, it's actually put me onto that fitness journey. And if I can do something like that with music production, maybe you watch it and you're not really interested in music production, but you've seen enough of my videos to have an understanding and maybe even try it. And, you know, that's something that, that I like, that, that I'd like to do for sure. Yeah. And that's how you're going to get a wider audience as well. Because like you yeah. said, you're not just going to have the people that are coming to learn something in music. They just come in because they enjoy watching the videos. So that's going to be so And there's only so many. Mm. Sorry, man. I just want right. to say that, that that's that's there's only so many music produ- music producers on earth that you can reach. There's right. going to be a ceiling at some point, so that's when you kind of need to reach the person who might be on the fence, or reach someone who's not really interested in music production, but just still bring them into your world. I think that's very powerful. Yeah. Do you feel like that's what you're you're trying to do now? Are, are you slowly 
transitioning into that yeah slowly um what do you do to to, to test it do you do do you just put in like maybe like an extra 30 seconds of you talking or yeah um like i'd say let's say these last couple of months I've, i've i haven't even done that much i've just been sprinkling maybe in a bit of my life and what's going on just right just because like it's it's something to talk about i want to share more of my life with with people yeah um but as i'm moving into this next chapter of of youtube and this kind of the, the the content and stuff i do want to start moving way more into vlogging and and making beats and all that kind of stuff but not just my whole video is a tutorial or just making a beat i want to i want it to be more fluid more of, more just enjoyable more watchable i don't know how to explain like yeah I guess Kyle I, Beats is maybe a good example for that. Yeah, like he's, he's Kyle got Beats good... is the best the best person to to model. I think when it comes to that, because he does yeah. like um, he I don't even know if he shows like the screen catcher that much anymore. Like he doesn't really break down his beats. He's just you know yeah. he's living his life in Cali, got the pool. You know yeah. he's, he's making coffee every morning, working out. I yeah. love that. Like that's something yeah, that yeah. inspires me. I really want to do stuff like that. Someone like like Ed Talenti does it really well. Shout out Ed. Shout right. Siki Beats. These guys are doing really well where they're, they're merging the two. And that's the point that I want to get to. Get yeah. to. I haven't done it fully yet, um, but it's a work in progress for sure. Definitely. I heard, I was listening to Ed on a podcast recently with Gabe, you know, like the MIDI money team and everything. Yeah, so yeah. Shout, shout out to them. They're always dropping gems. But Ed was talking about that and he was saying the key for him has been to do little things that people will recognize you for. So for example, in the Kyle Beats videos, every pretty much every video he's filming himself making a coffee, isn't he? And that's mm. his thing. Like everyone remembers that he's like making a coffee. So I think Ed has said something similar because he does the coffee thing. Like he, he loves coffee. Um, maybe because he's outside in, in Italy, it's just something different. You just want something that people are going to remember you by in a way. So yeah. I don't know, maybe it's just something that you're interested in, something that you usually do on a daily basis. Could be anything. It could be like a certain type of cereal that you eat every day. Like maybe mm-hmm. you, you love the Weetabix with chocolate chips in them. And <laughs> in every video, you're talking about that again. And then people just, yeah. it's just, I don't know, it's entertaining. And it. I guess it makes people remember you for that thing, doesn't it? Even though it seems yeah. so simple. Yeah, it it's definitely gives that that more personal touch to it. Because at the, yeah. the end of the day, like we're human in it. Like we're, we're living my, I'm living my life. You're living your life. Right. You know, you're going to connect. I want to connect with you on some point. If we have something in common, then like we might as well show it. Yeah. A hundred percent. So do you do anything else in terms of marketing? Do you do like email marketing for videos or? Um, it- not for, not for videos. Like if I have a, a new drum kit drop in or right. some sort of product, then, you know, I'll, I'll hit up my email list. Um, I know I should be emailing a lot more. Honestly, yeah. like I should be doing, I feel like I should be doing a lot more when it comes to the marketing, but right. I don't, <laughs> and it, it's not good. It's not good, but I should be like emailing a lot more, you know, maybe yeah. posting a lot more on Instagram. There's more that I can do. I'm at the same time. Not, not that this is an excuse, but I'm kind of just doing everything by myself. Yeah. And, and I'm still trying to find the perfect balance between the business and also working on my craft at the same time, because that's a never ending thing. Of course. And that's what it all comes down to at the end, isn't it? It's, it's your music that needs to be on point 
more than anything, really, the product has to be there. Because I yeah. I did want to study the business side of it because because I put myself in a position where I, I needed money because I left my job. I was like, I've always loved music. I, I never just did it expecting money, but I wanted to be happy more than anything. I wanted to, I always wanted to work for myself. I always wanted to mm-hmm. be in a position where I can make music and just make a living off it. I didn't, I wasn't bothered about becoming rich. Um, I just wanted to know that I never had to answer to anyone. I could just be happy in what I'm doing. That was the main thing for me when it got to that point. So mm-hmm. I had no choice but to study the business side because I was like, if I, if I want to work for myself and make a living off music, I, I need to study the business side to it. So yeah. I have been doing a lot of email marketing, trying out different things. Like I've got my Shopify set up with drum kits and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure you get this as well. But the more time that you spend on other areas of the business like the more time you look at the marketing and the business side the less time you have making music so some days yeah, I might be doing email campaigns and then editing videos um sorting out something on my website and then it's almost been a full day and I'm like I haven't even made a beat today so yeah. it's hard sometimes to that's just that. how it sometimes that's just how it goes like some yeah. days you just have to sit down and you have to sort out all that kind of, you know, the Shopify, the emails and all that kind of stuff. Right. But I don't know if personally for me, I want to get to a stage where the music just speaks for itself in it. Yeah. Like the music is so good. It's undeniable. So that's where like finding that balance is so important where you, yeah. you, you do work on your, you know, work on making your beats or making a sample or whatever it may be to improve. Um, and then once you have that side sorted, once you put the business on top of that, you right. know, it's a perfect match. Whereas, mm. you know, if your music ain't there and you put all the business behind it, it will get you to a certain point and you will make money. Yeah. But it might not live up to its full potential if you haven't got that first foundation of music, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. It all comes down to just being, the pro- like the product has to be on point at the end of the day, doesn't yeah. it? You can do as much marketing as you want, but if the product's not there then do you do you run so ads and stuff do. like that i haven't yet i have been looking into it i've i've I, I was having an issue with my facebook ads account and i was struggling to connect it to shopify i don't know what the issue mm. was but they've only just fixed it they, they couldn't even tell me what the issue was so i do want to try them um i just wanted to research it first i didn't want to just press some buttons and pay for the sake of it i wanted to know what i was doing with them yeah so i think the ones that I'm going to try are definitely maybe just the ones where people have already seen the products, they already know about me, and I'm just retargeting them. I mm-hmm. think they might be a safe one to do rather than going for new people. I think with what I've learned about ads is you can't really expect to make money just from running an ad. I think what you need to try and do is, like for, for people that, if you're trying to reach people that don't really know about you, I think the key is to maybe offer something for free. Maybe it's a a drum kit or whatever. Put out a free drum kit and run some ads to collect people's emails with those free kits rather than just trying to sell something. Because if you try and sell something and people have never even heard of you, they're not likely to to buy your drum kit, if that makes sense. But if Mm. you can put something in place where you offer something for free, maybe it's a mini drum kit, and then you have everything set up on the back end, like email marketing. So let's say you gather people's emails, but then you have an automated system set up where you can send people emails over the next five days automatically and then buy the fifth email. Maybe you're asking them to buy the full version then, but in the previous emails, you might well just want to keep adding value. They've got the free kit in the next few emails, maybe send them 
I don't know, maybe some just bits of advice, maybe some more free sounds, maybe hmm. direct them to some tutorials where they can, any anything that you can bring, anything that you can give value to, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe by that last email, you can try and sell something then. So I think for people that don't have an audience, that would be a gem for them to actually pay for ads to try and collect people's data in a way. But then for people that already do have the audience, I think retargeting ads would be the one because then people already know about your brand. So maybe at that point, you can try and get a sale through an ad because people have already seen the product. They already know you. If any mm -hmm. of that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> have you tried running ads? Um, I tried it before for, I was selling, I was selling like a bundle pack. Right. And it, it, it works, but um, I cut that one short just because... I don't know. I just didn't, how can I put this? I didn't want to keep selling that bundle. So right. I just cut it short, but um, that's something that I'm definitely going to be doing more of in the future. I've got something, something nice dropping <laughs> really soon. And I you definitely want to put some any details on that. that yet. Just know it's going to be, it's going to be sick. Something it's going to be good. It's the, it's the biggest thing that I've put out so far. And uh, I'm proud sick. of this one. It's going to be a nice bundle. I'll send it to you once it's ready as well. I appreciate that, man. That's exciting times. So when you were running them previous ads, were you doing lookalike campaigns or were you just like yeah, target, so targeting I was, anyone? I, I, I had lookalike campaigns. I had, you know, targeting my email list, um, targeting cold audiences. And like some some worked until it didn't work. Some didn't make money. Right. Um, some broke even. Um, all in all, it was profitable. I just yeah. didn't want to continue that that bundle and keep going down that route. And actually, before I even done that, before I even sold that bundle, um, I did try, you know, the whole um, selling beats to rappers, but as a bundle. Right. And that didn't work for me at all. <laughs> <laughs> what but method are you using? Is that like like the ClickFunnels method or yeah, something yeah, else? ClickFunnels. Yeah. But also I realized very quickly that I didn't want to deal with... Um, rappers right <laughs> i didn't want to have that i didn't want to continue building that audience and dealing with them because yeah it was it was a lot of headache for me personally anyway and i just yeah, really i was on it yeah especially when you were spending so much time dealing with producers so the more time you spend with rappers you're kind of taking time away from the youtube channel and dealing with with that side yeah, of the exactly business. exactly and yeah. ultimately like if i think about my long-term goal that was never a part of it. Like I wasn't trying to sell beats online, so it didn't make sense anyway. Right. I think with marketing as well, it's one of them things that you, you have to get good at it as well. You can't just run an ad and expect to get money. You have to try different things and expect to lose yeah. a bit of money at the start. Because it's same with, with anything, same with YouTube. You have to put the videos out. Some of them work, some of them don't, and then you learn from it. I figure that's going to be the same with marketing. You try little things. If it's not working, maybe you change the subject of an email. Maybe you change the color of a download button in your email. Just little things until you start seeing the figures increase, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I saw in one of your videos that you, you just got a studio. Is that in London? Yeah, yeah. So um, congrats on that, man. Cheers, man. I, I got to, I don't know. I, I, this, is, this, is, this might sound really weird. <laughs> but every time, like I get, I get to a certain point, I always have this feeling where it's like, "What's next? What, what, right. what step do I need to take next?" I get tired of things really quickly. 
yeah. I get bored of things really quickly. And um, I think being in lockdown this year as well, I've, as I was saying before, like I've just been stuck in this room for ages and I needed a change. I was watching the Kenny Beats live stream and he was, um, or like the replay on on YouTube. And he was right. saying like, once he got a studio, things really started to open up for him. Not only like, did he feel more productive in having a yeah. place just to work and switch off from 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 working, he right. could go home and chill. Then his output increased. He was able to work with artists. And that just really resonated with me. Yeah. I mean, I find it extremely hard to split that balance because I work from home. And when yeah. I'm chilling, I'm like, shit, I should be working. And when oh, I'm man, working, like, it. it's sometimes it's not even productive. It's just mm. I'm working for the sake of working. So I, you that almost feel reason. guilty, don't you? If you if you're not if you're in yeah, your, because you work from home, if you're not like say for example, I think I heard you say on another podcast like when you're watching Netflix, for example, you feel guilty because you, you're not working. You feel like you constantly yeah. should be working, but you should deserve yeah, a bit man. of chill time at the end. Like really, shouldn't you? Exactly. You can't. I mean, some people might be able to, but I yeah. can't work twenty four seven. You know, mm. I need to switch it up a little bit so i thought that yeah. that was one reason and then the second reason you know i really want to start working with artists and getting placements and stuff yeah i don't want to bring people to my house like all the time in it so it's yeah. like let's get the studio let's do it a professional way and i was always planning to move back to london anyway really soon i started looking online at places i found one in like great location it was just perfect timing great location good price had to snap it up as soon as i saw it and yeah and it's in the process of of being built now like i've only got to bring in a desk moving back next week and you know touch wood from next week i'm going to be working from there oh that's sick that's come around quick then hasn't it have you have yeah, you done man. everything in this spot yourself like all no, the decorating so i painted it um but then i got like family friends to lay down the floor in put up the panels for me because i right. most of my time is is still like in manchester at the moment yeah but, um I, my my dad has kind of taken on the role as like project manager and right. he's just been like organizing bits and pieces getting in this person getting in that person so he's been a really big help in just like getting that set up in it's good London to have for that me. support there yeah man I'm really grateful for that so um it's almost ready it's almost ready I can't wait to move yeah. in there, man I guess it's it will make you more productive and it is going to make you in, enjoy home time more because you can just leave work at work then, can't you? You're going to come yeah, home and yeah. be like, right, this is an environment where I can relax. I've earned this relaxation time. And then as soon as you step back into the studio, it's right, right, it's okay. It's the mindset where you're working now. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, th yeah, I think that'll be good, definitely. Yeah, for sure. It, it just gives you like a different kind of fire now. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Man, that's yeah. exciting times. Congratulations on that, bro. That's Cheers, a big man. Move. So you're moving from Manchester. Just are you going to move quite close to the studio, or is it just going to is it going to be a bit of travel time to get there? Uh, not really, like 10, 15 minutes by train. So yeah, not not even right. that far. Like it's not too bad. I could probably even walk in like forty minutes. So I don't yeah. mind. Maybe summertime we can walk it, and then as soon as winter hits, <laughs> jump straight oh, back on that train. Me, trust me, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> what made you move to Manchester anyway? Was it just a change of scenery? Um, so before, so before living in Manchester, I was living in Spain for, right. for quite a while. And that feeling again, where I'm like, I need to switch Next it up. Thing. Um, Spain's been great to me. I love it here. What made but, you move to, to Spain as well before we talk about Manchester? Yeah, sure. Um, so two reasons. One, my ex-girlfriend was Spanish and she, 
you know, I kind of wanted to, to find out more about Spanish culture and the language right. and that kind of thing. And then just lifestyle in it. Like yeah. the weather's usually good there. You know, people are outside and more social, enjoying life. So mm. I just wanted to experience something different. So I moved to Spain with her and then, yeah, it got to that point where it's like, all right, I love, sp I, I love my time here. Next yeah. step. I feel like if I want to start getting placements and work with artists, I probably should be in England because I want right. to be in the UK music scene. So it's time to go back. And I guess the Spanish hip hop scene isn't too big. Or it's not getting that, bigger. Not that I'm aware of. It, it's definitely like a scene, but it's not, it's not like the UK. It's, right. it's a lot smaller. Maybe in reggaeton, it's a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the hip hop scene is, is still to me kind of underground-ish. Right. And I, I prefer, I wanted to work more in the UK scene. I wanted to do drill and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I wanted to move back to the UK. I wanted to move back to London in the beginning. So this was like around January time. But as I was looking at prices and I'd be going around to, oh, to geez, see places. London prices and, are no joke. Rent, rent prices was ridiculous <laughs> what you was getting. I was, yeah. I was confused. Like, what? You're getting like a <laughs> shithole for so much money. Like, yeah. What's the point? And then one of my friends, um, he's from Manchester, is like, he, he was kind of saying like, you know, it's not that bad up here. There's a small scene. It's very affordable to live. I'd come to see him once before. Right. And I liked the vibe of Manchester. So I thought, you know what, let me try Northern life. I never really, I've, I've never spent time in, in Manchester. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. And it's been good. It's I feel been, like it's I, good I like for, it. London seems, seems really busy. Everyone's got their, their head down, doesn't want to speak to anyone. I think it, <laughs> it seems like if, if you want a busy city lifestyle, mm. but you don't want it too crazy, then I feel like Manchester is a good balance because it obviously is a big city. There's a lot to do, but at the same time, yeah. it's not, overly crowded like london is nah it's it's i feel like manchester's a lot more chill but yeah. you know but i feel like it's such an underrated city because yeah. i don't know it just has the character it, it has so much character to it there's definitely it feels like manchester should definitely be like a seen as like a bigger hub than it really is you know when i'm speaking to people from london and i'm like Oh yeah, I live in Manchester, and people are like Manchester. What's that like? Is it like Coronation Street? Is there things happening? <laughs> like, no, Manchester is actually a really nice city. They have a city centre. Yeah, I tell you yeah. what, when my mum first come to see me in Manchester, I took her around like the Arndale and all that kind of area, which is like the right. Manchester city centre. And she she was shocked. She was like, "What? I didn't think Manchester would have this. Like, I thought it was just gonna be." houses upon houses and really I'm like no it's a city like <laughs> it's a city isn't it <laughs> they, they of course they got big buildings and stuff but yeah yeah my man manchester's a is a good city and it's really affordable to live as well so yeah especially compared to london yeah definitely definitely yeah. man i'm i'm definitely my rent is more in london for a way smaller place really yeah but at least you don't need the extra room to set up a studio at, at home now because exactly. you've got the, the studio as well. Yeah, and I've, in in London, I mean, the price you pay for rent it really is just because you know you're really paying f for that experience to be in the city, to be in right. you know, yeah, to be in London. So it is what it is. But you know, I'm grateful that I'm able to to, to finally make that move back there now, and you know, yeah. Keep I guess there's no place like home going. as well. You've probably got a lot of friends and family back there as well, don't you, in London? So, yeah, everyone, everyone's there. I'm the only person that's like up north, really. Yeah. Do you think lockdown has made you 
like want that more because right now we can't really see anyone or doing it or do anything do you think it's made you want to be back home a bit more so you can be close to people um kind of <laughs> more, more like, music based did it really <laughs> it, it, i'm not gonna lie like for sure definitely yeah. more like music or career whatever you want to call it driven yeah but um it'll just be an added bonus right if you want to see people they're not too far away yeah, like all my family's there, so it's nice to know that I can just, you know, hop in a car, quick 10 minutes, I'm home in it. Yeah, yeah. So at the studio, are you going to be running recording sessions or is it mainly just to do what you're doing now, but then bring people in if they want to come in or if you want to work with someone? Yeah, I think it's going to be more like the second one where, you know, it's going to be where I do all my content and all that kind of stuff. and But also, like, I, I do want to work with artists so yeah. whenever I want to work with someone, you know, come through, I've got the space, let's record, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I don't think I'm going to run it as an actual like recording studio where people pay for sessions and stuff. Yeah. I guess you um, become more of an engineer then, don't you, when you start doing that? Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't want to, this is going to sound so bad, but I don't want to just work with anyone. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, of course. I want to work with people who i want to work with like who inspire me or who i really enjoy their music or whatever someone i feel like i can create create a good vibe with not just like any random yeah. person who has money of course yeah. just to keep things fun and enjoyable so it's probably going to be more like that yeah the vibe needs to be there 100 percent. even if they're a the good artist like if the vibe's not there then sometimes you, you don't come out with a good piece of music because you're not really bouncing off of each other if that makes sense the, yeah. like the, the vibe needs to be there 100 percent Mm-hmm. Have you got you anyone from... in mind? Oh, go ahead, what so, you saying? Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, have you got anyone in mind that you want to work with that you're going to try and get to the studio? You got anyone lined uh, up? Or... <laughs> everyone. I'm trying yeah. to get everyone in there. But um, now I've got, some, I got like my, my guys who I work with. Shout out Lats. We're going to yeah. be doing some stuff together. Um, I've got a few more people that I'm going to be bringing in there for sure. I'd love to get, obviously, you know, people... People um, who are doing their thing, like a Dutch Valley or yeah, you know, yeah. whoever. But um, yeah, I got my guys who are up and coming who are going to be coming through, and we're going to be making some some music. Yeah, that's sick, man. Do you it's work from home times. at the moment? Yeah, yeah, I work, I work from home. Um, it's just me and my girl that live here at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. We we just did. You can't really see this place that I'm in now. I don't know. If, is my camera still on? I know yeah. you said it went off. All right, no, it's on now. Yeah, I, love I can that. see I'll the cactus little... in the background. I just had to put that up first. Yeah, I'll have to, because <laughs> I've got it on a tripod and everything. I'll have to show you the setup. But yeah, I was in a different room, but then um, I've just moved into this one. We set this up as like a, a main studio. So mm-hmm. it feels good now. Me and my girl like decorated everything, put everything up. So we've got like panels on the wall. I've got my piano behind me. And then originally, see that chair in the corner? I was going to yeah. set that up as the podcast corner and get like some neon lights on there. Um, maybe just some pictures and stuff, but uh, because I'm using a PC at the moment, I needed my camera and everything to be connected to it over here. So it wasn't working if I was mm. going to stretch everything over there. But yeah, I'm just working from home. I've got a nice little setup here right now. I've just invested in myself a bit. Just, you know, just like bought the right things that I needed to do my job. So yeah, man, I, I can't complain. I'm, I'm loving it right now. Yeah, I've man. always had like little small spaces in the corner before. Little, <laughs> You know how it is in the, yeah. in the past. So yeah, it actually feels like this is a, a good working environment for me now. And mm-hmm. then when I step out of this room, like sometimes I can relax, but you know, I've always got that thing in my head that I'm still in, I'm still in the same building. Or, yeah. I think that's just how I think anyway. I, I don't know if it would change that much if I 
stepped outside to work because when it's your own business, you kind of yeah, you're always thinking about it off. constantly. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying- that way as well. Um, yeah. I think about like music and ideas twenty four seven, especially at night. It's hard to for me for me to fall asleep these days because I'm yeah. just like always thinking, writing shit down, just yeah, to, like, yeah. remember for the next day. Yeah, I said the exact same thing to my girl the other night because she, she's the type of person that will just switch off straight away as soon as we get mm. into bed. If she wants to sleep, she'll just sleep, and then we wake up. I'm like, it took me a long time to get to sleep. And she's always saying like, why I don't get it? Why can't you just switch off? But I think it is that thing. I'm constantly thinking of something. If I get an idea, yeah. I'll grab my phone and write it in notes. Uh, maybe I'll be watching other, listening to other podcasts. I tried that. I tried to put on podcasts to help me fall asleep just to mm. see if it works. But I end up just listening to the podcast <laughs> and just soaking up all the information. I'm like, Yo, the yeah. podcast has been two hours. How am I? I've just listened to the full thing. I'm not even asleep yet. So <laughs> it, is, it is tough Damn, to man. balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anything new lined up for you then? I know you said you're, you're working on Something new yeah, that you man. can't drop much about. So, gonna be so I'm moving out. Hopefully, no, I'm moving out next week. Hopefully, in the studio next week as well. Yeah. Um. So that's gonna be like a big change. Um. And next week, you know, my this new thing. I'm not gonna say it yet, but should be yeah. dropping next week. Okay. As well. So next week is gonna be like the the big week for me if things go to plan. Oh, so perfect. But um. Yeah, man, just looking looking forward to the next chapter of, of this whole journey, man. Nice. Always, I'm just thinking of the next thing, right? Just where you can, like the next level that you can take everything to, which is good. It's good, man. It's all positive. You got anything lined up? Um, Right now? No, I've just dropped, I've just dropped a new drum kit recently, which is one that I was working on for a while. Because um, I, I, I was getting into sound design quite a bit. And like, to be honest, like drum kit sales or sample pack sales have been like 90% of my business. Like that's where the income is coming from. So Mm -hmm. I do want to spend a bit more time on that and make sure that like everything that I put out is, is just sick quality. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to do things that are quite bigger than what other people have done. Like sometimes I'll see people that put out a sample pack and it's always the same. There's always like 10 kicks, 10 snares, 10, everything. There always seems to be this thing where everyone's got the same size drum kits. Then when I released this one, I thought, let me double that. So I'll put out 20 of everything, but I won't make it double the price. I'll just make it a little bit more than the previous one. And that mm-hmm. works, worked really well. Like that drum kit was a, a big success. Yeah. So that, that was, that has been huge for me recently. So I think the next thing that I do, I want to do something similar where it's at a big scale. So if I do a sample pack, like a loop kit, it's not just 20 loops. I want to do maybe 60 loops or mm-hmm. I don't know, just, just something big. So I think that's the next thing for me, just working on next couple of packs, probably a loop kit. Um, and other than that, yeah, just working with artists as well. Um, I had, I've had a few singles drop recently. I've been working mm-hmm. with a team out. There's a, there's a little team called Maz Emotion. They've got a few artists under them. And one of the artists, Emby, um, we just put out some work. He's, we've been getting some radio play with that single, so that's been going quite well. And then the nice. other artist, which I'll have to—I'll give you more information about soon. I can't let, I'll tell you after the call or something. I'm not supposed yeah, to yeah. Like, say anything. Um, but it's an artist that's just been signed to, to Sony, um, mm-hmm. a female artist, and she's doing quite well. So me and her have got some singles dropping in the new year, but they just have to be approved by Sony. So I've, I've mm-hmm. produced them, the tracks are done, they recorded, they mixed everything, but they have to go through that final stage where 
the label says, yeah, we can put this out. So I'll be excited if them ones drop because that'll yeah. be my f- the first artist that I've worked with that's under a label, if you get me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think that's the thing for me. I think I just want to, I definitely want to work with more artists and get more music out there and then just continue to grow the YouTube channels. I do want the beat yeah. side to grow a bit more than it has been growing. Um, but at the same time, because the tutorial channel is is doing well, I don't want to not put energy into that because that's what's allowing me to do what I love doing. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you. It's just trying to balance everything, I guess. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about let's talk about some mistakes that you might see new producers making. So let's say new producers come onto the scene. I'm sure you get a lot of questions, a lot of DMs. Do you see some common mistakes? that new producers are making. Maybe it's the mm-hmm. way that they market themselves, brand themselves. Maybe it's them being impatient, expecting sales after a week of producing. Do you see any common yeah, problems? Yeah, for sure. I think um, impatience is a big one. Yeah. Um, when people say, you know, oh, I've been producing for like two, three months, I haven't made a sale. Right. Right, you gotta keep going. Like, <laughs> it's just not your time yet. You know, yeah. sometimes it, it takes, if you're lucky, yeah, maybe maybe it might not even be luck. If you're if you're good enough, maybe it can happen in two or three months. For most people, two or three months is is a bit premature. You need to give it a couple more months. And in the long scheme of things, a couple more months isn't nothing. If you really right. love this, it's you know it's just a part of your journey. You'll get there if you just keep you know putting in your time and that. Yeah. Um, in terms of beats, like I do a live stream, and you'd be surprised how there's so many out of tune or out of key, sorry, 808s, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, bro, you could break the rules. There's no rules in music, but out of out of tune 808s just don't sit right. It doesn't right. sit right. So before you can send out your beats, I think that, you know, you just got to make sure, and again, it's subjective, but there is a certain quality level that everyone can agree upon. You just got to make, you got to be confident your beats are, are good enough. Of course, yeah. They don't have to be absolutely amazing, the best thing you've ever heard, but they just have to be at a, a certain standard. That's all I've got. That's all I can say, really. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Do you do you play any instruments? I know you said that you played guitar a little bit and maybe some bass. Because it Man, looks so, like you can you can play piano, like, kind of well. Like, you know, your chords and your scales and everything when you're making beats. I'm, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm terrible at guitar and bass because I, I, when I stopped <laughs> playing... I forgot absolutely everything. So I'm literally re- re- relearning everything now. Right. Um, the piano, like, it's an ongoing thing. I can play some chords. I'm, I know my, my scales, but I'm not, I'm not like a great piano player. I'm not someone who could just sit there and be like, boom, 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 and yeah, then have yeah. a melody. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's something that I'm still learning. And, Are you um, just learning yourself, like online tutorials or anything, or just literally practicing yeah, with chord progressions? tutorials books um with my guitar though i do have like a a mentor yeah um who teach he we have a lesson maybe like every two months or so it's just to check in and he's a sick guitarist shout out rory um he's based in manchester and he he's like basically a professional guitarist like he does got in loads of bands and gigs and stuff so you know every now and again i'll check in with him and he'll like help me improve a bit and then the rest of the time it's just me practicing right just practicing all the time just so i can get better um 
And that's something I'll definitely recommend to other producers for sure, man. Because to play an instrument, learn one. Or uh, yeah, just learn one. It just yeah. helps your production. So, like there's honestly, when it comes to it, the just the more you learn, the more possibilities there is, or the better yeah. understanding you have of something, the more possibilities there is. So if you can just give yourself the opportunity to learn an instrument, learn your music theory. Like I'm not good at these things yet, but I'm putting in my hours all the time. Yeah. Just so like maybe five years down the line, you know, I can sit at the piano and I could play like a Zaytoven and have melodies and minutes. Yeah, yeah. That's the level that I want to get to in the future. What about you? Do you learn, do you know any instruments? Uh, I'm kind of the same as you. Um, I, I took piano lessons for a while when I was working. I took piano lessons for about a year. I wasn't practicing much in in between though. I think that was the mistake that I made the first time I was taking lessons. I wasn't just sitting down and practicing piano. I'd go to it one week and then by the next lesson, I'd kind of forgot what I learned the first time. But mm-hmm. it, it helps so much with production because before I was just clicking in notes. If it sounded good, I'd roll with it and I'd just, just move like that. But as soon mm-hmm. as I took the time to at least learn some music theory and understand how scales work and chord progressions, man, that changed everything. It just opened my mm-hmm. eyes to so much and how to create like certain emotions in your track. Like, oh, if I use this scale and this chord progression is going to trigger a certain emotion, it just helps mm. with your production all the like so much. So I'm the yeah, same. I'd, I'd highly recommend it. But just recently I've started piano lessons again because I do want to get to a point where I can just sit down, like you said, and just, just play something instantly just come up with a melody because right now yeah. i do i do click in my melodies a lot i'm i'm trying to do it more on keys mm-hmm. I, I feel like that there's no like right or wrong way to do it like if you can make a good melody you can make a good melody it doesn't matter if you've yeah. played it in or clicked it in but just as a personal thing i just want to have that skill where i can sit down and just do it especially mm-hmm. i'm thinking in the future as well if maybe i go to a, a studio session it just shows like a level of professionalism in a way doesn't it if you can just sit down straight away and just play a full melody and a chord progression then it's going to make your beats a lot quicker for a start and it's just going to help in certain situations if you're around maybe other musicians in a session or it's just another skill set to have isn't it it's just it's only going to do you good to know something for sure like sometimes like i pencil in a lot of my melodies still and i've gotten quite fast at it just because i do it a lot yeah, But sometimes, you know, when you play in certain stuff, you just, you stumble across something that maybe you wouldn't have done penciling and stuff in. So it, right. it, it's just a, basically what it comes down to is just learn as much as you can in it. There's, yeah, exactly. there's no right or wrong, but just the more you know, the easier it all becomes, the more intentional you can be with it. Yeah. It's not going to do you any harm by picking up another skill. It's only going to benefit you. Yeah. So yeah, facts. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, when I had a quick look through your YouTube comments and it seems like it's all positive. Do you ever get negative comments? And if so, how do you deal with them? Because everyone gets Bruh. one. There's always that one guy. I always <laughs> get I always get hate comments and it's yeah. just like, I, I don't respond to it. Like, yeah. you ain't getting no time from me in it. It's not, it's not on just me. That's you. That's, that's you in it. That's your problem. Yeah. You're coming here to watch my videos to leave <laughs> hate. Like, in my opinion like you're you're a loser you can't like i don't know how anybody has how can i how how can you go to someone's video and leave hate yeah it's different if you're giving criticism like something to fix or maybe you should do this instead or whatever but when you're just outwardly hating 
like that's a, just just a weird energy to me that I, I don't get. So I can't give her a, I can't respond to those kind of people in it. Yeah, it just is what it is. And you know what? It's a good thing as well. At least I'm striking some sort of emotion in you. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I've I've heard people say that it's kind of good. Like, you know, if you've got people that don't like you, it's almost good in a way because at least you are sparking that emotion. Whereas when you just maybe not be yourself and you try to please everyone, you don't really have an impact on people. But if you are yourself, some people might love you. Some people, some people might dislike you, but at least you're being yourself and at least you're sparking that. Exactly, man. Mm. For, for, and to be honest, like there's just way more positive stuff there's way more love than there is you know yeah. the negative hate comments so you know if i don't it doesn't really bother me yeah as long as i remember like you know what that's just one comment there's bare positivity right. let's just focus on that then it's not then it's all good i yeah. I try not to to let any of like the hate bother me or get to me because yeah it's just, it's nothing really it's just a comment right? it is yeah. what it is do you get it, a lot of hate luckily no it's it's always like 99% positive and then maybe one mm. person that says something negative, maybe it's a personal attack or maybe it's just something that, that's just not constructive. It might just be like, this beat is shit or I don't know, just just something that means nothing that like, you haven't given me any direction on, on why you think it's yeah. shit. It's just like, it's just a comment for the sake of it. And I always just feel like them kind of people must, they just seem so weird to me because I, I wouldn't even click the dislike button if I'm going through people's videos exactly. if I don't like it it's like right maybe this isn't for me and I'll just leave but to actually click on dislike even that to me seems like a weird Bruh, thing to do that the, the action is weird to sit down to yeah. type out hate and yeah. then press send I don't yeah. get it I don't, I don't get it that's an, I don't know it's weird energy to me yeah why would I you want to put that energy out there yeah exactly I always quote Gary Vee on this because he put a video out on how people should deal with hate and he he boiled it all down to the fact that you should feel sorry for them people because it's like, right, this person, this person must be so low in their life that they need to jump onto a YouTube channel or Instagram account and actually type some negativity and bring them people down with them. Do you know what mm. I mean? So yeah. if you start feeling sorry for them people and you know what? It's like, yo, this guy, he must be actually... He maybe he's going through some shit. He's just he's just in a bad place right now. He's trying to bring mm. me down onto his level. Like I'm just gonna feel sorry for this guy. I just don't give him that attention. Like either either kill him with kindness and respond to him and like because I'll, I'll do this sometimes. I'll respond and just say, like, "Hey, bro, thanks for watching the video. I appreciate your time." Uh, just, you know, just something like that. Because yeah. then they're like, "Well, I wasn't expecting that." And then they don't know how to respond to that. And bro, you know, you know, sometimes even when you do that, it's like, oh, I didn't even mean it like that. Like I'm a big fan of your video. Like yeah. they free, they fully 360 around. I've yeah. done that before. And it's just like, okay, you, you, you were just trying to get attention. Yeah, exactly. At least you, you're giving them a bit of attention. You're kind of feeding them a little bit, but it's not the response they were expecting. So it just confuses them and kind of flips them around, like you said. So yeah, mm. I'll either do that or sometimes... Literally just ignore it because I don't want to give any energy back. Mm-hmm. Do you try? Yeah. Do you try respond? I'm guessing well, you obviously can't respond to everyone because of the amount of comments. But how much time do you think you spend like going through your DMs, like replying to people and like going through comments and trying to hit people so back? I, I I used to do it religiously, like respond to everything. Yeah. Uh, now I can't. But I'm not even gonna lie. Like it's a bit yeah. too much. So. It's just when I have spare time in the day, nowadays, like let's say, I don't know, 
might be sitting on a sitting on the bus or something like that and I'll just quickly respond to a few people. I'm just waiting for something, so I'll respond to a few people. Right. Um before though I used to set out, you know, an hour a day to just respond to everyone. Yeah. But yeah, I just try and do it when I can, to be honest. There's only so much you can do, right? If you were like in an ideal world you'd want to respond to everyone and show some love back. But if that's gonna mean that you're spending five hours a day replying to comments, then that's five hours yeah that you could be putting into your music or your videos to create more content. So mm-hmm. I guess it's tough for you to, to balance that. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about people? I was asking Gummy Beats this. How do you feel about people DMing you asking for collabs? Because I, I guess you get that a lot. You know, new producers that maybe just message you and the first thing they ask for is a, a collab. How do you feel about that? It depends. It just depends on the the energy. Like if you want to collab on a beat, on a beat Mm. Um, it, you know what it really just depends how they hit me up if it's just like bro let's collab or let's work yeah there's not much context to it mm. so it's just like maybe maybe I might respond in my head like eh, maybe yeah but if it's like um, you know I got these samples they sound amazing I got like some analog samples you know I've been working with this person and that person let me send some to you. Then I could, that's a question that that's just a statement. I could be like, yeah, send them to here. I'll check right. them out. It's easy to respond to yeah. when it's like less collab. It's like, now I need to do the thinking and think about, okay, so how do you want to do this? Do you want me to send mm. you loops? You want to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like the, the way how you, how you, how you answer it. Um, I'm open to it. Like, especially if there's, a reason behind it like you need beats for the artist that you're working for maybe you manage an artist and you know he's got some songs that he's put out and he needs beats yeah yeah like that as long as there's some sort of contents i guess what about you are you open to just collabing f- with anyone for the sake of it or you know um i've got i've got different ways of thinking about it because sometimes like I, w- I would like to to work with people. I don't mind working with people if I like their style of music. Like if I, yeah. if I think they're good or I just like the music, then then yeah, I've got no problem with working with people. But it's when people just lead with asking for something. You, like you were saying, then if people just hear me saying, let's collab, there's no context behind it. There's no like conversation first. I'd rather just have a conversation mm-hmm. with you. Like, for example, if someone messaged me and it's just like, "Yo, bro, how's it going? How's how's your day going?" Or just a conversation or something at least. Maybe maybe they don't ask for something in that first message. Maybe they mm-hmm. just respond to one of my stories saying, "Yo, this, this beat sounds sick." Maybe they're just chatting to me, and then maybe like the fifth time they speak to me, they say, "Oh, you know, what? I've been working on some some fire loops. Is it cool if I send you some over and potentially we could work on something?" Then then mm-hmm. I'm like a lot more open to it. But when people just message and ask for something, I start thinking. Maybe the only reason you're asking is because I've built up a YouTube platform and it's, I, I'm not saying that I have like a big, amazing platform that's going to work wonders, but I think people will just see something, don't they? And they'd be like, right, this guy has got a bit of a following. Let me reach out to this guy. If I get, if I get a collab with him, then that's going to level me up in a way. Like if mm-hmm. someone's messaging you, for example, and says, right, let's collab. Like a lot of the time, they're probably just expecting you to like work with them so that their like social media can grow or it can level them up or it gives them some clout mm-hmm. or whatever. Do you think, would you agree with that? Do you think that's what some people have yeah, the mindset I'm, I'm, I'm sure so for, for sure. Like there's probably mm. an element to that. 
people probably have a perception like, oh, if I work with this this person, maybe I even have it myself. Like, oh, if I work with this person, then I'm just going to be up here. Yeah. And in reality, it's just never like that anyway. No. You, you still have to build your own buzz. You still have to do what you got to do. Um, of course. I don't know. I, 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 I like to... I don't mind collaborating with people, as you say, like if I like their work and stuff like that. Yeah. But I also like there just to be, you know, a reason or an intention. Right. Yeah. It's not just like a, a selfish motive where I'm like, right, I'm going to get something out of this. Because like really, if, if someone's DMing you and, and they don't have anything to, to bring to the table in a way, I know that sounds bad, yeah. but if they don't, then what's what's in it for you? Because they want And you'd they be surprised as well, like... You, your the value proposition that you give doesn't even have to be massive. It doesn't have to yeah. be the fact that you've worked with Drake and everything. It just no, could be the fact that you you have samples that no one else has. Yeah. Everyone is making these Q beats, flute samples, but instead you're making these synthy samples that I can't make personally, and I know right. you want that, so let me give it to you. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'll give you a good example. Like I had this this one kid who was only like 16 or something. He started following me on Instagram and every time I put up a video of a beat or whatever, he'd always comment with something positive saying, you're just a sick kid, replied to all my stories, never asked for anything. And then like a couple months later, like he'd DM me and say like, oh, this, this beat's sick, blah, blah, blah. Um, maybe even just ask like, yo, how's, how's your YouTube going? Like, how's your producing going? Just just like a general question. And I'd be like, yeah, it's, everything's cool, man. And maybe like two months later, after after putting all them like positive messages, he then asked for a collab and he was like, yo, I've just made some sick loops. Like, can I send them to you and see what you think? Mm. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll give him the time because he spends a lot of time commenting on my stuff. And then I listened to them and I was like, yo, the, the loops are actually sick. And then we made a beat together. And that was just like a, a natural thing. And this kid's mm. only 16. And I'm like, yo, if this kid's only 16 and he has that mindset where he's not just spamming people and asking for things, mm. then that says a lot, doesn't it? And, yeah. Like, and exactly i think that's probably like the most the, probably the best way to go it's organic yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with shooting your shot because you just never know what can happen but i right. just feel like that there's better ways to do it than just straight up asking you know if you yeah. can if you can give some sort of value then that's just going to be well received yeah same with people wanting to get rappers on the beats as well i feel like people a lot of mistakes that i see producers making is just straight away just messaging a rapper saying yo let's work like yo let me send you beats or just leading with something like that whereas if you spend the time to maybe follow this guy for a bit drop comments on his videos maybe you've just seen him put out a new single and you send him the single and say yo i really love this single that you put out that punchline that you said about something was fire you know something where it shows that you've actually spent the time to actually research this guy's content mm -hmm. um then they're going to be more open to speak with you. They might say, yo, I appreciate that. And then at that point, maybe you can say, yo, I've cooked up some beats that I think really suit your vibe. Is it cool if I send some over? And just kind of leave it at that. It seems like a more natural thing to do rather than just spamming people or just sending things straight over saying, yo, let's work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think people could t definitely take something from that. Have yeah, you this, is something, this is something I'm definitely working on myself as well. Like just getting better at sliding in the DMs, I guess, or shooting yeah, your yeah. shot and like making sure that you actually provide value right. like, rather than just, you know, straight up asking for stuff all the time. Yeah. I suppose with your platform though, that's that's kind of leading with value in a way because if you, if you message someone, I, th I think this is right. On Instagram, if you message someone, I think the people with 
like the most followers or if they've got a blue tick or whatever, they usually show up at the top, don't they? Or am I making that you up? You know what? I think, yeah. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure, but from right. from in my Instagram, for some reason, if you have a certain amount of followers, then you yeah. just straight bypass the request and you end up in my DM. Oh really? That's what's been happening for me recently. Oh yeah. shit, okay. Like people and but it's not all the time as well. I'm still trying to figure out is it because they have the blue tick or not? Yeah. Some people just don't go into the request and go straight into my DM as yeah. if they're as if I'm like I'm following them or something. Right. That's interesting. Which is mad. Yeah. I was just thinking for you if because if you wanted to work with rappers, if if you were to DM someone, they might look on your account and and see the platform that you've got and they'll be more open to working with you. I know that sounds bad and it shouldn't always be based on numbers, but I feel like it it That's definitely reality, must though. must help to some degree, right? If you look on someone's page and you see them with an amount of followers, you're like, right, this this guy might be someone." Do you know what I mean? It's, it's to an, to an extent. One. Yeah. I, what what do you think about this? Do you ever get this perception or people have a perception of you that you're just a YouTube producer? That's an interesting one. I think some sometimes you, you we get a certain label. It's like they put us under this YouTube producer category, right? And yeah, I haven't had it like too much, but I've definitely seen it sometimes. And I think if the channel continues to grow, I imagine that people will put me into that category where I'm just a YouTube producer. Have mm. you had it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so for sure, man. Like, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because what does that even even mean? Because I upload beats to YouTube because I do tutorials. Like, doesn't every producer upload beats to YouTube? Like, are you a YouTube producer? Mm. Is it only when we do tutorials? Seems, yeah, it's, just, it's a strange, strange one. Yeah, I feel like I do get that, that perception though with like certain artists that I try and work with, or even certain producers as well. It's like you're not a real producer; you just do the YouTube <laughs> thing, you know. Yeah, I can. I see what you mean. It's a tough one, isn't it? And I think with with us being on YouTube, I think because we spend a lot of time on on videos and editing and doing all that side of the business, catering towards producers, I think it gives us less time to network with artists and maybe speak to artists in DMs and go into studio sessions and things like that. So for me, I yeah. feel like being on YouTube that's that's the only drawback where i'm like because it's it takes so much time to do everything on that side it yeah you don't have as much time as you'd like to just work directly with artists whereas if you weren't doing tutorials and your only focus was to just do beats work with artists and that's what you'd spend your day doing rather than spending mm -hmm. hours editing videos you'd spend hours on instagram dming people mm. but i guess it comes down to what you really want out of this because yeah. if you're doing youtube and stuff then i mean as you know like you control your day. You've got so much ownership of your own life. Whereas right. if you're doing just straight up industry, unless you're a big name and you've mm. had, you know, multiple, multiple placements and a few number ones, or maybe a few platinums, right. if you're just straight up industry, a lot of things are out of your control. Yeah. And so you, it's hard to control your path in a way, or even to an extent when you get paid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. So, you kind of rely on other people at that point, don't you? Yeah. Because you could do you could do like five tracks with an artist and them tracks might not reach anywhere. They might not reach an album. They might not get put out as singles. You might not ever get paid. So I think that's definitely a benefit of YouTube where you're kind of in control of everything yourself. You're not relying on someone else. You can put out your products when you want to put them out. You can put out mm -hmm. your videos when you want to put them out. And I've always been a fan of just not having to answer to anyone, not having to rely on other people. 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm guessing you are the same, right? 100%, man. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, man, I think we've we've been through pretty much everything. I'm I'm hoping people have took some gems from this episode, man. I don't want to keep you, keep you too one. long. I know you've got a video to do today. So, man, I think, um, yeah, if you've got anything else that you want to share with people or if you just want to let people know where they can find yeah, you. Yeah, just you can find me um, on YouTube. My channel is just Ocean, but you might have to type in Prod by Ocean. Um, on Instagram, Prod by Ocean as well. Twitter, Prod by Ocean. Um, just come through, come through. Yeah, make sure everyone, um, yeah, go follow him. I'm sure everyone said if you already, everyone's got you on YouTube. But if not, go check him out. Sick producer, really talented. And I appreciate you coming Cheers, on, bro. Man. Hey, thanks for having me, bro. Anytime, bro. Much love.